Are you up in a northern state watching those southern RVers with envy as they hit the road months before we northerners can even think about dewinterizing? Is there a national park you long to camp in but dread the drive to get there? Have you ever wanted to check out a Class A or a Class C motorhome but don't want to purchase one in order to do it? Today I've got the solution for the RV Winter Blues, that too-far-to-drive-to destination, and the fence-sitting associating with buying an RV you're not sure you're going to love. I'm talking about my fly-and-drive RV rental vacation on today's show. My name is Janine Pettit, and I'm a girl camper. I go places and do things with other adventurous and curious women. We camp like girls in tents, vans, travel trailers, motorhomes, and even cars. We travel solo and in groups to girl camping gatherings, large and small, to bucket list destinations with friends, or on our own to wherever the wind blows us. On this show, we'll talk about the qualities of a girl camper and how you can be a girl camper too. The girl campers are having a party and you're invited. Stay tuned while we share what's happening on the back roads of America the Beautiful. Today's episode is brought to you by our consortium of girl camper friendly RV dealerships. General RV with 12 locations in the U.S., Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia, and Bankston Motorhomes with three locations in Alabama and two in Tennessee. Also providing sponsorship are our friends at Kempco Manufacturing, makers of over 4,000 products for your RV, boat, and tailgating needs. And of course, Liberty Outdoors, manufacturers of the award-winning Max and Mini Max Travel Trailers. Thank you, Girl Camper Sponsors, for allowing me to bring great RV content to outdoor enthusiasts everywhere. Welcome, I'm Janine Pettit, Girl Camping Ambassador, Blogger, Adventurist, and Podcaster, and this is Episode 162 of Girl Camper, the Podcast. On today's show, I'm sharing my first experience as a fly-and-drive RVer. We headed west at the beginning of March for a family wedding, and as long as we were already in the beautiful California desert, we decided to rent an RV and spend some time seeking badly needed sun, touring Joshua Tree National Park, and finally going to Las Vegas and Hoover Dam. My favorite traveling partner, my husband Rick, the ultimate girl camper cheerleader, came along and we made some progress in our continuing efforts to find middle ground with our ongoing struggle with my desire to travel far and wide and his to weekend it close to home. RV rental realities and how-tos, our KOA campground stops, and more merging travel style tips from the Pettits on today's show. Before we head into our news roundup, we have a message from our friends at Campco, and it's springtime, time to spring clean the camper, and Campco makes a product for that, Spring Fresh. Campco Taste Pure Spring Fresh cleans and deodorizes your RV fresh water systems with a safe biodegradable formula. 
dewinterize any freshwater tank or line. It's also good for periodic cleaning, um, freshening, and deodorizing. It's a one-stop, no-messer solution, requires no mixing or preparation. It's a one-gallon container, and it can clean up to a 100-gallon tank. No measuring, mixing, or preparing. Stops bad odors and foul tastes in your drinking water. Perfect for dewinterizing your fresh water tank and lines. A one-gallon container fixes up to 100-gallon tank. Safe for an RV and marine applications, and it's $22.90 on Amazon. Get it and get dewinterized. Get out there. Get going. Thank you, Camco. In our news roundup today, I have something fun to report on, and it's a trip, a big trip. So big, we actually have to leave the country to do it. So, in order to celebrate my 60th birthday appropriately, I asked my friend Mary to create a bucket list trip for me. Mary is the founder of a travel agency called The Vagabond. Mary takes people all over the world to really exotic places. She is a really well-known interior decorator. She's the owner of the English Merchants Inn, which is a beautiful B&B in Waxahachie, Texas. She has been in every design magazine in the world. Mary takes people on shopping trips to Morocco in the south of France and all these beautiful places. But I asked her if for my 60th birthday, she would put together a trip to Ireland. I think I wanted to go to the mothership. <laughs> my Both of my grandmothers were born in Ireland, and my sister visited there this summer and went to my grandmother Hills. Hill is my maiden name, my dad's mom. Went to our Grandma Hill's birthplace, her home in Ireland, and my father's first cousins still live in that home and were thrilled to have her and invite her in for tea and give her a tour of the place. And ever since I saw those pictures, I just wanted to go too. So because I have a friend who does bucket list trips, I called up Mary, and she has taken many, many people to Ireland. So she put together this trip for us, and it is October 5th through 12th. I asked her to keep it small because I think a small group is much more intimate, and you get to know the people you are traveling with. I hate that feeling of just herding cats and sitting on a bus while somebody is in a shop and doesn't seem to understand that the, you know, the tour director said to be here at 1230 and just because it's 110 and everyone's waiting on the bus doesn't seem to catch on with them. I don't want to be on one of those kind of trips. So Mary put together this trip for us. It is October 5 through 12. So there's 15 spots and there are five spots left. Ten, uh, 10 of them filled up rather quickly. I'm just going to tell you quickly what we're going to do. Day one, we're going to start off in Dublin. Everybody just arrived. So we were taking our overnight flights from wherever you're coming from and arriving in Dublin in the morning. The hotel we're staying at there is the Temple Bar Inn. Originally, Mary had thought that she would like to put together a glamping trip. It's kind of the curve on the seasons and a lot of the yurt and tent camping and glamping and caravanning places were on the edge of clothes, uh, closing. So I asked her to just do quirky hotels instead. So the Temple Bar Inn is the one she chose. We're going to stay there for two nights. We're going to meet there in the morning on day one. Everybody's going to have a breakfast together. 
and then we're going to get these hop on and hop off bus passes and it's a good day to just get an overview at the city of Dublin. Everybody's meeting back at 6 p.m. for an uh, early dinner and then off to bed because I think everyone's going to be a little tired. So this first day is really open so to give everybody a little time to adjust to the time difference on day two our guide Ben is going to pick us up. Ben is a native Dubliner and an expert in Irish history. He's going to be our tour guide every day for the rest of the trip. He has a 15-passenger van, so we'll all be in one um, mobile going everywhere we're going. On a day two, we're going off to some place called Powers Court Mansion and Gardens. I looked it up online. It's absolutely stunning. Irish castle and gardens, just absolutely beautiful. We're going to go there, have lunch there. Then we're going to Wicklow County to tour a medieval monastic settlement. And on the way home, we're stopping at the oldest uh, woolen mill in Ireland. It was founded in 1726. So plaid, wool, Ireland, how girl camper can you get? Day three, our destination is Leanne by way of Galway City. We're going to stop in Galway City, which is a university town. We're going to have time to stroll around, do whatever we want, have lunch there. And then we're heading to our hotel in Leanne, where we're going to have dinner and music at our hotel that night. On day four, we're going to spend half the day exploring some islands by boat. And then afterwards, we're going to kind of unwind a little by going to some place called the Delphi Spa, where we're all going to have a seaweed bath. I have no idea what that is, but I'm game because I do things. And then before dinner, though, on our way back to our hotel, we are going to tour part of the famine trail and have a little tailgating party there. And um, Ben is going to tell us a lot about the history of what led to the famine and how um, it led to the largest max exodus of Irish people and immigration into this country that ever took place. On day five, we're going to tour a local sheep farm, and then we're going to visit some place called Kyle Moore Abbey, where Benedictine nuns are still living and operating. On day six, we're heading down the coast toward Ennis, and we have two more nights. We're going to visit an oyster farm and do some oyster shucking, and then we're going to go on a whiskey tour and do some whiskey tasting. And on day seven, we're going to do the Cliffs of Moore, and on day eight, there is a bus. It's going to take everybody back to Dublin because the flights are much cheaper out of Dublin than they are out of Shannon. But you would have the option of flying out of Shannon if you want. So this whole trip is happening October 5 through 12. There are five more spots available for any girl camper who wants to go. Um, there's an all-inclusive land package of $2,500. That's seven nights accommodations, all your meals, all the ground transportation, all the entrances to the exhibits and gardens. Everything Mary planned for us is all included. The only thing you're going to have to pay is your airfare and your own alcoholic beverages. And I'm sure everyone is going to want to give Ben a nice little tip for taking us all around this whole week. So there's five more spots if anybody wants to come and visit us. And this is on girlcamper.com. It's also listed as an event on the Girl Camper Facebook page. So check it out if you want to go to Ireland with us. We got five spots. Okay, we're going to be back in a minute. And my Mr. Sister is coming on board. And he is going to talk about our trip with us. We had so much fun. I cannot wait to tell you about all this. I feel like it opened up a whole new world of opportunities for me. And even though spring is right on us here and I can't wait to get that trailer out, I don't think I'm going to quite feel the winterization blues in the same way next year as I did this year because I've got options. 
We'll be back in a minute. Before our featured topic, I have a message from our friends at General RV, the nation's largest family-owned RV dealership with 12 full-service locations, a massive inventory of over 5,000 RVs, and over 500 fully equipped service bays. It's really hard to imagine that all of that grew from a service station in Detroit, but that's how this still family-owned business began way back in 1953. Their sustained growth has been fueled by a commitment to provide world-class service to their customers. They have done that by reinvesting in their facilities, their employees, their processes. The people at General RV are always raising the bar on themselves. I love that about them. General RV now has 13 super stations across the um, country, including six in Michigan, two in Florida, one in Ohio, Utah, Illinois, Virginia. It's the largest family-owned RV dealership, and you may want to be part of the General RV family, too. They offer service where you travel, hundreds of brands and manufacturers, top-quality customer service, unbeatable prices. To find a dealership near you, go to generalrv.com or just head over to girlcamper.com and follow that link and take you to all of our sponsors. We'll be back in a minute and my hubby is joining us. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to welcome my husband, Rick, for his third appearance on the show. Welcome, honey. Oh, thanks for having me, sweetheart. It's good to be back. <laughs> well, you were first on the show when we did a show really long time ago. Um, I mean, in our first year of the podcast, where we did an episode on merging our travel styles. Right, right. I don't remember it, but uh, I'm sure I was there. <laughs> we actually recorded it in a hotel room, and it was a pretty bad Oh, quali- I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, a good topic, but it wasn't the best quality of um, tape there. Right. Uh, and then you were on the show again last year when I tricked you into that uh, boondocking trip at Rocky Mountain National Park. Right, yeah, that was... Uh that was fun, though. You, I don't know that you really tricked me, but it was good to be there. Well, you didn't know until you arrived that we were camping without any hookups. I didn't trick you into coming. <laughs> right. I just failed to right. tell you that there was going to be no hookups because you're a KOA kind of guy. Right, and it did work out okay, right? <laughs> uh, all of our friends call you Mr. KOA. Like, mm. if there's an amenity in a campground, you want it. But you, you did enjoy the whole game of keeping the water going. and Right, right. We had that whole thing going. We had my sister was there and her husband. And, you know, we had family there, so it was but, really it nice. It always makes everything yeah, better. Gary and Linda are so fun to camp top with. Shelf, top well, shelf. Well, I want to state right up front here that all of these trips are a bit of a trial for you. It's, it's not your thing. Um, first, really, and if we're honest, you don't like to be far from home. Right. And also, you do not like to be gone for long periods of time. You don't love travel. Right. Well, yeah, and long periods of time is key, I guess. I hate to I hate to sound like that also because, you know, we're on this podcast that talks all about traveling and seeing the country. So it's like here I am, I got to tell people that oh, it's not really my thing, but I'm doing it more and more now than before, and I'm grateful for that. You know, you're teaching me to uh, enjoy these things, you know? Well, I I think it's so important to be honest about where people are because there are people that have a desire to do something and they have fear. 
And then there are people who really don't have a desire, like you. I mean, if I didn't do this, you'd probably never leave the house. Well, I'd have to go to work. <laughs> and you would be you would be thrilled <laughs> to go to work. But, you know, your idea of a vacation, if, if I didn't push you in this direction. But I think that once I do give you that little friendly shove, you always enjoy it. Yeah, it's safe to say that, sweetheart. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, it's yes. always personal growth, no matter what your age, is always a good thing. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm always trying to convince you, and I think there are a lot of women in my boat who have a husband whose value is very tied into how much they're producing. And so you are a person who always feels like you have to earn your downtime, mm. even though you are 65 and could be retired like other people your age. But right. that's not your thing either. No, it's not. It's not. I, I, and I probably won't retire because of my business. But I and I enjoy it, and it gives me pleasure. But at the same time, I'm learning more to uh, do these uh, jaunts around the country uh, with you to uh, expand my horizons. That I, like you said, otherwise I wouldn't I wouldn't be doing them on my own. Right. And, and if I did do them on my own, they'd be two or three days long, and <laughs> and not like you know. And it would be to Wildwood, New Jersey. <laughs> Delaware. Delaware would be an hour and a half away. Right. <laughs> but but I think there's a lot of people who are in marriages in which you think, this is what I want to do when the kids are gone. And then you get to that place and you're like, I don't really like it that much. Right. Right. So there's always this dance that happens in all marriages where you have to find this middle ground. Agreed. And it's something that sometimes you start out slow and you work your way up. Like this last trip. Was the big one. It was know. the longest one we've ever done. Yeah. Well, not me, but we've ever yeah, done together. Yeah, 17 days. That was, whew. Well, I'm going to say that when I first came up with this idea, you were just like, you got to be kidding me. Leave my business for three weeks. Your your reaction was a flat out no. At first. Yeah. And so then I had to walk you through it and, and convince you that, the way the world works now, there are so many opportunities to be at work and not be in your office. So you're shifting in your career, too. You're usually in the field. You're a home inspector. And um, when someone buys a house, you're the guy that comes out and inspects it and tells them what the life expectancy of their roof is and if there's any cracks in the foundation. Right. But you're not going to be able to physically do a job like that forever. So you are shifting yourself, and you're shifting in a way in which you're taking on things at work that you never did before that can be done by a computer. You do a lot of their advertising and Google work and, and online things now. So I kind of convinced you that you could tackle some of those projects while you were away, and I knew that it would give you the feeling like I'm getting stuff done. Exactly, and that's... You know, it was also, we, we planned the time of year, sort of. Sort of. Uh, you know, it was a slow season for me. It didn't kick in yet. But that wouldn't have mattered years ago. I just, I don't like being away that long anyway. So this time, uh, I felt like, yeah, what the heck? Let's go for it. I got things I can do. I can do the advertising. I can do my Google accounts. And, you know, and I, and I did. I managed to stay busy uh, for two or three hours every morning, and then we went out and did something, uh, you know, for the rest of the day. And each day I got yeah. up and, you know, did something, and uh, I felt like I was being productive. So I never felt like I was completely away from work. Well, I've discovered some things, and that is that has helped um, you a lot, and that is even people who 
really thrive on a routine like you do. You are the person that's the first one up in the morning. You got the coffee pot going. You let the dogs out. You put food in the dog bowls. Like you are such a creature of habit and routine and you thrive on that. But you created that when we were away. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm a creature of habit. That's true. And the coffee's got to be made before I go to before bed. Before you go to bed at night. Right. And but you were doing up. all of that in the camper. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can do it. There's yeah. no reason not to. I mean, just because you know, I'm on vacation, I'm not going to keep to my routine as best I can. We're going to hell in a handbasket here. <laughs> right. You get up, do those few things I do every morning. Right. I like to get dressed before I do anything else. A lot of people like to just lounge. I don't do that. You no, know? but I have to say, it's just in the way this, by day three or four, um, in the rented RV, and we're going to talk about that, you were at the campground gym every day. You Correct. were getting your workout in. You were getting your business in. You were doing your kitchen routines. You even kept up your laundry regime. So. Right. I think this is the cool thing about RVing, and especially RVing. We we stayed at two fantastic KOAs when they were there, and a KOA really helps you keep your routine. Yeah. So, well, let's start at the beginning of this whole thing, because I really want to share with everybody this whole idea that I had. I, I had this brilliant brainstorm that we were going to go to our niece Lauren's wedding in Palm Springs, and then I had an event, the big RVX event in Salt Lake City, so the wedding was March 2nd, and the Salt Lake City thing was March 12th. It didn't make sense to me to fly all the way back home and then go back there a couple days later. So I conceived this idea that we would rent an RV and do the whole desert. And we were desperately in need of some sun. Correct. And it was a, you know, it was a good place to do it. She was, we thought at first... You know, we didn't know what weather to expect because it was right on the borderline of maybe warm weather, maybe crappy weather uh, for the wedding. And then uh, when we got out there, it did turn out to be a very nice day. You know, We had some windy days out there, but by and far, the weather out there was way better than in New Jersey, which got oh, yeah. pelted by a couple snowstorms while we were gone. Yeah. So let's talk about our rental of the Class C. I had just been seized by this idea of using every style of RV I report on. I really wanted to give all the listeners a first-hand account of these RVs I'm always talking about. I wanted to use them myself and give my own experiences. So I reached out to El Monte RV about a one-way rental because we wanted to pick this up in California and drop it in Salt Lake City. And lo and behold, we found out that this was doable. So why don't you tell everybody what we rented? Okay. Well, first, um, you know, we we we, uh, we got there. They were really nice. We got the Thor Four Winds 25-foot Class C um, without slide, slide outs. Um, that wasn't real important to us at this point because it was just the two of us. It was a gas engine, and the queen-size bed was in the back. It had a cab over the top of the drivers that uh, we actually, you know, because it was just the two of us, used it for storage. And um, it had a nice booth that uh, sat four, and uh, a three-piece bathroom, kitchen. Uh, the swivel chair was great because we used it a lot, you know, turning around Mostly to either, you. <laughs> you know, watch TV <laughs> yeah. or something like that. that. That was comfy, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it had the television, uh, the large fridge, 
and lots of interior and exterior storage, which was, um, you know, we couldn't fill that up. And we usually we couldn't if we tried. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that was true. So that was good. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a couple of places. Uh, the wedding we went to was in Palm Springs, and we could have flown into Palm Springs. And there was, about 45 minutes away from Palm Springs, an El Monte RV pickup place. Now, El Monte has 20 locations all over the country. They do have one-way rentals that are available, not in all the places, but ours worked out that way. Um, they do provide airport transfers in some places, too. We didn't need the airport transfer because we flew into LAX simply because it was way cheaper. The flights to Palm Springs were more expensive, and we found these crazy cheap tickets for $71 each way. And my sister lived there, and I wanted you to see my sister's house, and you've never been to my sister's house. So we decided to fly into LA, and we could pick it up at the Van Nuys location then. At the different locations for El Monte, they have something called a convenience kit, which you you can buy, uh, you can rent the camper empty, or you can rent the camper with um, um, this convenience kit that has sheets and towels and everything. So for us, it was a fly and drive, but I'm going to talk about why we didn't use that in a minute. They also have a free generator that you can get with any rental. They've got 40 years experience. There's roadside assistance and their units were really new and up to date. Ours was a 2019. Yeah, it was nice. It was very nice. It It only had 25,000 miles on it. Yeah, it it was. Yeah, it was in really, really nice condition. So we um, had my sister pick me up, uh, pick us up and... um, We arrived at El Monte. My sister dropped us off straight from the airport. It was two miles from her house. So you tell everybody what that whole experience was like picking it up. All right. Well, it was was actually pretty pleasant. And the people were very helpful and kind, you know. you know, they, they they were expecting us. They had a little sign on our camper that said, Pettits, you're on vacation now. That was hanging off the rearview mirror. Yeah, yeah. And I can't tell you what a thrill it was when I pulled in the parking lot. And you're looking at all the trailers. And then I see that one sitting there and the sign hanging off it saying, Pettits, you're on vacation. I got a little thrill going. Yeah, that was nice. And so we came in and they do a review. Like we watched a 20-minute video which kind of like goes over the Class C that we'll be using and uh, all the highlights of it that you need to know. How to empty the sewer and how to hook up the hoses. Yeah, I mean, it was not anything uh, I We didn't already know, but... But also, we, you know, this is my first Class C that I drove. So, um, you know, I, uh, I felt quite comfortable after we watched the whole thing and, you know, talked with the fellows there. They did a great job. Do you want me to go into the insurance? I think you should tell about the insurance because it's just, you know, uh, here's the difference between you and I. I would have gone in there and just used the El Monte insurance. You can get insurance through them for to uh, insure the thing every day. But you knew ahead of time and you had already researched this whole thing online. So tell everybody what you discovered. Well, I found uh, that um, they're fee was $30 a day for, you know, coverage. And um, I thought, well, let me, you know, call my uh, insurance guy and see what he can do. Um, And I called up Mark and, you know, he said, well, you know, let me, you know, run some numbers for you. And, you know, it turned out that we got coverage for about $3 a day. 
And you wrote us a policy. Wrote us a policy. For 10 I, days. Yeah, I had a policy, a 10-day policy. It cost about $35. And um, that was a great thing. You know, I mean. We uh, saved 90%. Yeah, saved, yeah. Saved on a, insurance. On a, a bundle, yeah. So. Well, this is what I want people to know. You know, if I borrowed somebody's travel trailer and I was towing it on my own tow vehicle insured by a policy with my company, whatever I'm towing on my um, tow vehicle is insured because I've insured that vehicle, but that's not the case with renting a motorhome. Yeah, when you're renting a motorhome, you it's a whole different ball game because you're not towing anything. You you know it's a it's a completely different vehicle, and you have to have separate insurance for it. Yeah. So I want to talk about this convenience kit. So we got out there, and you know it, it took less than an hour to do all this paperwork. They had everything ready. They knew we were coming. The RV was, the motorhome was sitting there. It was gassed up. It was ready to go. They had one of their employees come out and walk us through everything. He turned on the television. He showed us how to hook up the cable. He showed you how to search for stations in the thing. He went through every little thing, the microwave, the oven. It showed us how to turn it on, how to kick on the heat. Just every little thing he went through it. And it was... It was basic. If you've already owned an RV, there was nothing. But everyone is a little different. So there were some little tricky things there that he took us through. And each motorhome there comes completely empty. It had nothing in it. Right, right. And we could have gotten what they call a convenience kit. I think the convenience kit was $80. I just tried to search this online and I couldn't find the number. But you can rent this convenience kit, and it provides sheets, towels, dishes, pots, pans, cutlery, a coffee pot, a cutting board, a toaster, silverware, serving pieces, everything you would need that you would need at home, right? Um, and they were pretty. They had it on display there. It was actually not available at the Van Nuys pickup. And in order to get that convenience kit, we would have had to go 40 or 50 miles to a different pickup location and 40 or 50 miles in LA is four or five hours. Could there, be, yeah. yeah, it could be out there. So you know what? I didn't care about any of that. And I made up a little suitcase and I brought it from home. So I was able to get in my carry-on bag. So we had check suitcases, but I was allowed to bring a carry-on. So I got the biggest carry-on I could fit into the overhead. And I brought my own sheets. I brought pillowcases, but no pillows, but I brought our own pillowcases. I brought one blanket and then my sister did give me a blanket. I brought plates. I brought silverware. I bought a serving spoon and a rubber spatula. I brought a cutting board and a knife for bread and things you know, that were bigger. And then once I got there, I bought, we went, we picked up the motorhome and we went straight to the grocery store. Right, right. <laughs> we parked it about a half a block from my sister's house at the grocery store. And we went in and we, we bought a fourteen ninety nine coffee pot. Correct. One of those little coffee pots. We right. got that. Um, we were at an Aldi's and we found on the clearance rack there a frying pan for seven ninety nine. Yep, that was a great frying pan, too. You made me bring it home. I did. I, I liked it a lot. <laughs> we need another frying pan here, like a hole in the head. But you, you got attached to it while we were there. Yeah. We brought groceries and cleaning supplies. 
we usually do not like plastic cups and we bought a small package of plastic cups and we kept washing them out all week. We didn't throw them away. My sister ran over to um, Target and she bought us four pillows for $3.99 each. And I, I think we spent less than $50. Right. Maybe the pillows right. were what, uh, 16 bucks. We spent less than $50. Right. buying what we needed probably less than the cost of the it it, pro it probably was yeah. now we were pretty happy with all of that but during the week while we were in our rv um i started a running list on my phone of things that i had wish i brought and i'm going to share this with you now in case you ever do that these are a couple of the things i missed so the unit that we got it was a beautiful four winds by Thor, but it's kind of like when you rent a car, you know, and you uh, get a car and it doesn't have all the bells and whistles in it. It certainly had a working, the, that heat kicked on like that and heated up the place so nicely. Yeah, the heat was great. And I don't think we ever turned on the air conditioning, did no, we? No, no, no. We, we never had it on once. Yeah. But everything in it worked just fine, but it just wasn't a unit with tons of bells and whistles. So there was only three plugs in the unit. Uh, one was on the booth under the cabinet. And one was next to the stove, which we used to plug in the coffee pot. And the other one was in the bathroom. So next to the bed, there was no place to keep your phone next to you at night and have your phone charging. And I'm attached to my phone like, oh, like I have, <laughs> I have to have it right next to me. So I wish I had brought an extension cord I just would have liked to been able to plug in both of our laptops at the desk. Mine didn't reach. Only one plug would reach into the, because it was hanging from the bottom. Right. So I wish I brought an extension cord. This is something I keep in my camper, and I wish I had it there. Black electrical tape. What I like to do with black electrical tape is cover up all the LED lights that are attached to the microwave, the clock, all the things that light up in a camper at night, which are really bright. That drove me nuts. Yeah. I, I that like, stuff always drives you nuts. I know. I like it to be the, Elvis especially dark. Especially like the blue, the blue LED lights. They seem to give off more light after the, yeah. you know, the sun goes down than anything you ever see during the day. Uh, it, they get, I can they get see everything bright. in the camper. So I, I always cover all that up in my trailer with uh, black ex, uh, black electrical tape. Uh, we ended up going back to El Monte the day after. We drove to my sister's, and then there was a couple of little questions. We didn't know how to hook up the big um, drape that goes around the window. It, it was this big, right. like, 12-foot-long drape. We couldn't figure out for the life of mm. us how to install that thing. So we went back, and he was able to show us. But while we were there, we asked him um, about... Uh, there's no USBs on the dashboard. So he gave us a 12-volt USB charger, which was... Yeah, an adapter. We really needed because your phone, right. it, it has no GPS in it. Right, we're so, able to plug it right in there while you're driving and have it charge. Well, not only charge, but we needed we needed the phone right there so that we could use it for GPS. Yes, exactly. Okay, I, we, we didn't bring a small flashlight with us, so we ended up using our phone a lot as a flashlight. We, I wish, wish we had had a small flashlight for walking back and forth. Now, this seems like a weird thing, but 
washi tape. If everybody, there's might be people who don't know what washi tape is. You probably don't know what washi tape is. No, I don't. Okay. But I have a feeling I'm going to. <laughs> You're about to learn. Mm -hmm. Listen, um, washi tape is this very low tack tape that you can put on walls. It's what I wallpapered the mini with last year. It's just pretty tape. It's right here in my office. It's on my whiteboards. I use it to section off things. It's very low tack. It pulls right off and it comes in all kinds of different colors. In my mini, I covered the little round light covers, the round half moon white uh, globes that cover those LED lights in a camper. When you cover that with washi tape, it dims them down. Oh. There was no way to adjust the lighting in there. So at night, when you just wanted the camper to be a little dimmer, you know, there was there was no way to turn off some lights and leave others on. Right. So I wish that I had the washi tape so I could tone down a little bit of the lighting. But halfway through our trip, I bought a string of um, fairy lights. Right, and we... we and draped we them around the bedroom area and over yeah, by the... above in the kitchen. The kitchen. So yeah. we had our little fairy lights at night. It was so romantic. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it just was, the right amount of light. Just the right amount of light. He doesn't want to go there. Um, I, this is another weird thing, but I wish I had brought the spring rods from Campco. Uh, Campco makes these really small spring rods that go in your refrigerator. I wanted those for two reasons. One... Um, all of these RVs have skylights, and the skylight was really, really bright. This had like three skylights. It had one in the bathroom and two in the main cab. But the one over the bed, if you wanted to lay down in the afternoon, it was blaring sun right down on the bed. Remember yes. our old vintage camper that had that? And I took two spring rods, little ones like that, and you can shove a dishcloth up there just a face cloth fits in there perfectly and you can cover up the skylight so you don't have that sun coming in first thing in the morning and shining right on the bed and the other thing is because they're really handy in the refrigerator where your food is sliding all over the place so i wish i brought those spring rods from campco i also wish that i had brought the collapsible squares that you get from the dollar store or target I ended up buying those at Target on one of our stops. I went in and I found some on the clearance rack for $2.99. I brought those back home with me because they fold flat. But I was able to organize my clothes in the upper bins. So I bought two or three of those during the trip. But that's something you might want to consider bringing with you. I wish I had brought 3M hooks for the bathroom. The kind that go on the Velcro and you can pull right off. I would have just left them there because I don't think anybody would have noticed or cared, but there were not enough hooks. There was a rack on the bathroom door that held three towels. There was no place to hang your jammies or your robe or your wet bathing suit when you come back from the hot tub. So the 3M hooks, you could have just left them there. And the last thing I wish I brought with me was a nightlight or my Lucy light. So that would have just been nice to have in the bathroom at night. I always put the Lucy light in my camper at night. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. Yeah, and they last a long time. They last time. through the night. Yeah, they're wonderful. Yeah, so if you ever rent, there's a couple of ideas. So let's talk about our trip. Our, we were at the wedding in Palm Springs. We got to the wedding um, Thursday. 
did I, I can't even remember now. We we got to Palm Springs on Thursday, and uh, it was a big family gathering, and we had an Airbnb Friday and Saturday. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. Right. Yeah. But let's talk about this for a second because we rented the cutest little Airbnb and our grown kids were flying in from various places and we we wanted our whole family in one place. But you and I quickly discovered that the RV in the driveway was a great getaway, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a little extra piece of peace that, you know, well, that, 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 that we really needed. No, but it we was didn't. just nice to run out there and... Well, it was nice not to drag all of our clothes yeah. in and out. Didn't so, have to do that. Yeah, there was only one bathroom there, and we were we didn't have to get in line um, to wait for the bathroom at the um, Airbnb, and we were able to get ready for the wedding. We turned on the generator, and it was lovely to just have our own kind of master bedroom in the driveway. Yeah, that was very nice. Yeah, so that that was kind of fun, but... After the whole wedding was over on Sunday night, we headed up to the Joshua Tree um, National uh, Joshua Tree Palm Springs Joshua Tree KOA, which was about twenty miles from Palm Springs itself. Yeah, not far at all. Not far at all. Right, right uh, in the middle of the desert there. Right. It was like an oasis in the middle of the desert, and it's funny when you get outside of Palm Springs, it gets very deserty very quick. So. We stayed at that KOA for three or four nights, didn't we? Yeah, we were there um, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and I th- think Wednesday, right? Yeah, I can't remember now. And then now. we left it's... Thursday and stayed at, in... Um, we went up to the Las Vegas yeah. KOA. Yeah. But let's talk about the Joshua Tree one for a minute because we really enjoyed that location. Yeah, it was great. Lots of amenities. You know? What were your favorite things? Well, the uh, the best thing that I enjoyed, of course, probably was the Mineral Springs hot water. Um, the hot springs. Yeah, hot springs. They had three three tubs, like, and it was ninety eight degrees. They had one hundred and one degrees, or if you were really, you know, ready to go for it, one hundred and four degrees. That was me. I'm yeah, we went right there, and it was really lovely at the end of the day to go out there and just sit in there for a while before yeah. you had, you know, you went into bed. So, um, that yeah, we was fell nice. into that habit pretty quickly, right? We would yeah. come back from touring and doing all the things we were, and my mom didn't leave until like Tuesday or Wednesday. So we were driving the Class C back into back Palm and Springs forth. every day, picking up my mom and going out to lunch and doing museums and mm-hmm. touring Palm Springs. Right. And then coming back at night. And getting in that hot tub after dinner and, oh, there's nothing like that to just take the, the edge off, you know, and re- it's so relaxing. Right. And uh, But there was a lot of amenities there. This was... Uh... Well, you are the one who always takes advantage of every amenity. And I love the way this particular KOA was laid out. In the pool area there, it was kind of U-shaped and there were three buildings going around that uh, pool and... All these things for people to do when they were there. I thought it was great. I mean, um, I enjoyed the library. Uh, they had a library in there that had a bunch of decent books. I got a book on Jay Leno, and yeah. it was uh, Behind the Curtain. It was great. You it read was, that. That was a good that. thing for you to really, pick up. Really good book. Uh, and then they had... Uh, Use the gym. Uh, they had a gym. Uh, had some free weights in there. That was good. Uh, they had a billiard room. That I, you know, I went and played some pool for a while, a couple of days, and it was nice too. I mean, each one of these was a little separate room, but they were surrounding around the uh, 
the pool, you know. Yeah, with so all like, open. So doors, you could go yeah. if you know you could go swimming, then go in and do something else. Like you weren't going to run out of things to do in a day or two there. That's for sure. Well, like if you were just you know taking a down day, you weren't touring. If there was a lot of big RVs there, a lot of full timers. Everybody we talked to there was on their way back home. We talked to people from Wisconsin, and they were making their way back north. People from the Pacific Northwest, and oh yeah, they they were making their way back home. You know, was starting right. to thaw out up north, and people were slowly making their way. And we were hearing everybody's stories every night in the hot tub about where they've been all winter, right, and where they're going. Actually, we were sitting there. It was really funny because we were sitting there with a couple. That when they were leaving, they were going up to the KOA in uh, Las Vegas that yeah. we were going to. Yeah, <laughs> they were following us. So yeah. that, that? <laughs> but one of the things I did really appreciate about um, that KOA is they had a um, after hours greeter, which I really, really appreciate. And I really do not like it when I arrive at a campground at night. And if the camp store closes at seven, or even if it closes at nine, which is late by most people's, if it closes there, then what's going to happen is that camp um, store is going to be closed. And then they're going to give you a card to fill out and you're going to have to go do that. And I always appreciate it when someone is actually there and waiting for you. At this KOA, they have a night guard station and there's actually a person in that station until midnight. So if you come in at 1130, someone greets you there and takes you by golf cart to your um, site. So you are greeted and it's not even just the greeting. It's being shown to where you're going because you don't, you're not familiar with it. Yeah. So that was one of the things I really liked there. I did a uh, Instagram stories there. They are building the most beautiful glamping tents there on platforms. That, I can't wait to see those again. They were really spectacular. And like so many of the KOAs, they had a really nice dog park. And I am shocked by the number of RVers who travel with dogs. Didn't it seem like everybody had a dog? Yeah, there was a lot of dogs. And I think that's a, a senior thing, you know? A like, full-timer. We don't say senior. Oh, I'm sorry. But I'm a senior. <laughs> but I'm a junior, so right. if you don't mind. Yeah. yeah, we have our dogs, I think. They yeah. love their dogs. Well, not we, I, we never travel with our dogs, but right. I think full-timers. Full-timers you know, do, yeah. yeah. People who are or on the road, snowbirders, you know, they have their pets with them. And so they had really, really nice um, dog park there. But from this location at Joshua Tree National Park, that's where we took a day trip to Joshua Tree National Park. It took us about 45 minutes to get there. And one of our listeners online gave us a tip and he said to take the longer route and go all the way around and come up to Joshua Tree National Park through the southern entrance because that's where the super bloom was. Right. The super bloom were Seeds that have been sitting dormant for 30, 40, and 50 years because of the, all the rain that California got are now in full bloom. And, you know, we got to uh, come up that way and, you know, we got some good pictures of the bloom, oh, all the different flowers and everything. It was, uh, it was amazing considering it's a desert, you know. But but what was interesting is if we hadn't come that way, we wouldn't have seen the flowers because yeah. the flowers are kind of at the southern entrance. But once you're about a mile into the park, they're gone. Right. They're not at the northern entrance. Or, or they weren't even in the park. Yeah. It disappears kind of quickly. 
Yeah. So this whole big super bloom, and we did not get down to Anza Borrego. We were really hoping we could, but we just ran out of time. But um, the flowers were absolutely beautiful. And then we took the main road through the park, and it took us about two and a half hours to drive through the park. Yeah. If we had gone straight, we kept stopping. Yeah, at it was 37 miles from the southern entrance to the northern entrance. Okay. Um, and then we did the sidebar, and right. we did the overlook at the overlook. Uh, West Point. Mm -hmm. Is that what it was called? Or Key West or Key Point? Or Something like that, yeah. Forgot now. It took about 30, 40 minutes out of the way. Yes, but once we got up on that overlook, you can see the whole valley. valley. Yeah. Yeah, Palm Springs, and um, mm -hmm. it was just so it, it pretty. It was very, very pretty. Very well worth it. So if you go out that way... Take the detour. It's only about 10 minutes to get there. And it's five you, miles each way. Yeah, it's five miles each way, and you get to see some beautiful sights. So we really did have a great time at Joshua Tree National Park. It was so different than any national park we've ever been to. Absolutely. It had um, just so many different... Well, you don't ever see any Joshua trees until you're in the northern part of the park. The right. Joshua tree is not in the southern part of the park. Right. And the northern part of the park is actually part of the Mojave Desert. Yeah, and the uh, rock formations were unlike anything Crazy. we've ever seen were they before. Really, it was yeah. like Flintstones. It was it's, like you were in yeah. bedrock. Yeah, it was, the way I described it was like if you take river rock, and you take those little rocks and make them about fifty feet tall. Uh, or these things, even, were yeah, like, even more. Yeah, yeah, and they were just all glistened and and. So we pulled off and went to some of the campgrounds there, and I thought they were spectacular. You were like, oh, I don't think I'd want to be well, here. It's, but it's, it's the rough, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it, the, the stars must be spectacular there at yeah. night. I'd like to do this whole thing again with my girlfriends, no offense, honey, to stay out in those parks. Yeah. At night. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, it must have been incredible. But if you were at this um, Palm Springs Joshua Tree KOA, there's all kinds of stuff to do from there. It's a huge place if you like to golf. There's like 80 golf courses there. There's the San Jacinto National Wilderness, which is a really great place for hiking trails. Over 50 miles of hiking trails there. There's so much fun things that you could be doing in Palm Springs. If you have any interest in mid-century modern at all, all kinds of tours of the famous mid-century modern houses there. We were invited to a party in um, President Obama's neighborhood of, like, spectacular, spectacular homes. Right. That was, well, you can't get in there. It was gated in security, but... Um, my niece's rehearsal dinner was in that neighborhood and it was spectacular. You can see some of it from the road, but the houses are absolutely beautiful there. There's an aerial tram ride that was actually closed because of all the rain. They were making sure the ground was stable, but it's right there by Coachella too, which is famous for the music festival. There's just a lot to do down there in that valley. And how much fun was it to be in warm weather to just get out of Dodge. It was wonderful, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's always nice to go someplace warm when everybody else is suffering behind you with freezing cold temperatures and maybe some snow. You know, we missed, yeah. we missed snow. We missed a lot. Yeah. Okay, so from there we headed up and we drove um, from Palm Springs and we drove up to Las Vegas. I must be the only person in the world who's never been to Las Vegas. I've never been there. Yeah, well, I was no. only there about 40 years ago. Yeah. So yeah. we went up and we stayed at the um, Las Vegas KOA at Sam's Town. Shout out to their manager, Chris. 
what a great guy he was, not just to us, but to everybody. Um, he took us on a tour. Well, we came in the wrong door and we couldn't figure out where we were and it was dark. And we called on the phone and he said, no, 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 just stay there. He came over in his golf cart and it was over a mile. Yeah, it was around He, the he drove his golf cart a mile away, um, but still somehow on the grounds um, of Samstown and led us back very slowly to our destination there. That was a great KOA, too, wasn't it? I, I loved that KOA. You really did. Yeah, and it was full. They had 480 sites, and they were about full. 90% full, yeah, I'd say. Yeah, just, just full. But, you know, it was great. The place was great. It's right on the grounds of a casino, a theater, entertainment. Um, great, breakfast buffet, which great you love. breakfast buffet and food. I mean, great pool and hot tub, fantastic had, bathrooms and amenities. It, yeah, they had they had it all. They had it all. I'm telling you, that was the best one. But you know what was weird about that? I mean, we were literally five miles from the strip. That's it. But I mean, we could see a Walmart sign from where we are, and it was a very crowded area, but quiet. It was quiet. Yeah, and they had uh, shuttles running all day long, so nobody's moving their cars. You know, if you didn't want to go, uh, just stay in Samstown and go down to the strip. They had they had them running down the Harrah's the whole time, just back and forth. Yeah, like was, every thirty minutes. It was great. So no one leave. You don't have any deal with cars coming in at night. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Someone and you don't have to park. Someone's taking the shuttle for you. We loved everything about that KOA. It was great. And for those who want to see it. I did a a, la, a streaming live uh, tour of that KOA, and it's on Girl Camper on the Facebook page. We got lots of comments and feedback on that. It's a fantastic location because from it's super cheap to fly into Las Vegas. So there's a lot of RV rental places there, including El Monte. So a lot of people fly into Vegas on the cheap flight. They pick up their um, rental, and then they come over to the KOA, and they do a little shakedown there. They figure out how everything works, and then they take off, and you're three and a half hours from um, the Grand Canyon. You can go up to Vegas. You could go down to, you could go further down, and you could do um, Palm Springs in that whole area if you wanted. So within that Las Vegas area, Go four hours in a circle. There was so much to do around there. Right. And we did the Hoover Dam. We did the Hoover Dam. Mm -hmm. And we decided to let someone else do the driving. We just wanted to look out the window. So we used Pink Jeep Tours. It was a recommendation at the KOA you know, concierge desk there. We paid $95 each or something like that. We had a wonderful guide. Right. Yeah, she was great. In a big pink Jeep, we got to get out and walk around. And she, she gave us a lot of history about the area. And yeah, all the way in and all the way back, you know, just talking about the different uh, things that are going on in the area and the history. And the history, yeah. yeah. The history Very pleasant young girl. I can't remember her name right now. But we, we really would highly recommend um, that pink Jeep tours. It was really, really nice. Yeah. So we took that shuttle there. It was fun to see. Um, Hoover Dam. I've never seen it in person. You've been there before. Yeah, I've only once, like I said, in 1978 or 9, something like that. Yeah. Well, I, it was spectacular it in was sight. Great. Yeah. Before we head out here, I want to talk about food on this trip for a minute because food is so important to me. And you know how much I love to cook, especially when we're camping. At home, I have kind of these rote meals that I turn out here. 
But when we're camping, I kind of relax and enjoy and experiment with new things. Right. And so on this trip, it was a lot of go, go, go. And we fell into a lot of sandwiches for dinner. At first, yeah, we did. A lot of, we ate good at breakfast or ate well at breakfast. and um, Until the big surprise. Uh, until the big surprise. Why don't you tell everybody <laughs> so about the surprise? I could tell my husband. I take pride in feeding this guy because he loves to eat. And he, he's very, um, you're always so complimentary about whatever I put in front of you. It's you're you're, you're so appreciative cook. of food. You're you know, a good cook. You're not one of these people who just expects food. Every time I put a meal in front of you, you're always. but So when you're not doing that... <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to get this guy some decent food. <laughs> so I went online to Omaha Steaks, and I ordered a package from Omaha Steaks. I can't remember what the name of this package was, but it was one of those mixed things. So I got four chicken breasts, four burgers, four filet mignons, a package of potato au gratin, and four mini apple tarts for $90, free shipping, and they sent it overnight to the KOA in Las Vegas. Right. What a surprise to get <laughs> oh my there gosh. and see that package waiting there for us. Yeah, here comes a KOA employee on his little golf cart. He says, you got a package. Delivered it right to my site for me. Yep. So that cost us $90. It had, uh, let me see, 12 pieces of protein in it. So really it was six dinners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We could not have gone out to dinner on the strip and had a filet mignon with dessert and side dish potatoes and enjoyed a cocktail with that for less than $90. No, not at all. Not not when Cokes so, are $4. No. For, so for the cost of one dinner at a restaurant, we had five more meals. Yeah, that was great. And And when we left, when we turned in the RV in Salt Lake City, we still had burgers and chicken we hadn't used yet. Right. Right. And we actually, we were at a Homes, Homewood Suites. Right, over there. Our hotel had a kitchen in it, and mm -hmm. we were so tired when we got there, we cooked the burgers. Mm, yeah, the burgers were great. We cooked the burgers and at the, the hotel. The, the first night you cooked the filet mignon, which was absolutely out of this world. It was really good meat. Seven ninety nine uh, uh frying, frying pan, from, pan Aldi's. from Aldi's. It was just fantastic. It was so delicious. So my whole thought on this is, how did I not think of this sooner? Because what a great way to just have that protein in that freezer. I love being able to pull that out. You can stop at a farm stand, get a vegetable to go with it. Although we got the vegetables that went along. Um, you can order them from, um, from Omaha Steaks. So shout out to Omaha Steaks. That was so much fun. And it was, after six or seven days of sandwiches, that was heaven, wasn't it? It sure was. Okay, so I want to wrap this thing up. So this was our first experience actually doing a um, road trip of, um, of rental. Yes. So my, my conclusion is this. You know, renting an RV is a great way to go to places that you want to camp. I mean, we can fly and stay in a hotel. But when you want to go someplace and you want to camp there, but you don't actually want to drive there. I mean, it would have taken us five or six days to drive from New Jersey to Joshua Tree. Right. If you only have two weeks off, you don't want to do that. No, no. So no. that's a great way to actually camp at a location that you want to participate in. It's another way to check out an RV that you are maybe thinking about buying. We have always had a fascination with Class C's. And yeah. we don't have to buy one to figure out if we liked it or not. Well, yeah, it's a great way to figure out if you want something. Just rent it for a little bit and see if yeah. you enjoy it, you know. And 
But I, it's, did. I did enjoy it very much. It was also a great way to beat the winter blues. I was so in need of a camping fix. Right. And I wanted to be camping. I'm in hotels all winter long when I go to events. Right. I don't want to go to a hotel. Yeah. So to be able to leave 30 degree New Jersey and land in 70 degree plus California and and have that camping experience, I think we're going to have to do this every year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're so compliant now. <laughs> Uh, If you could have heard him a month ago when I made this. No, I I really think we could go back to the actual desert four or five times. There were so many things to do there that we didn't get to do. Right. There's a lot to do. And and still, like, even adjacent areas like Arizona that has a lot to offer. If you flew to Phoenix and went down to all the border towns along the southern Arizona, go to Quartzsite, do all those fun. All, the whole RVing world is down there in the winter. So to me, this is just a great opportunity, renting an RV, to take advantage of all these things. And we have several women who are coming to Wonderful Women of Waxahachie who are flying in and who have rented RVs in Dallas and are driving down. So even if you own an RV, doesn't mean that every single place you want to go is really that practical to drive there. So this oh, yeah. is a great way to participate without... You know, being in a hotel. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so all in all, I think our Seeking Sun vacation was a win-win. Yes, I agree. Seeking Sun worked. Okay, can I get you to say on the air right here that, yes, you are going to do this next winter with me? Okay, yes. <laughs> um, are your fingers crossed anywhere? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will do this next winter. I think it would be fun to get a couple couples to go with you, and we could all do it together. Yeah, that would be right. Get a caravan of renting mm. Class Cs and go. Yeah, that would be great. I think if we do it next year, I want to go with a small Class A. Mm, class A. Okay. A small one. Right. All the right. short ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to keep pushing the envelope. All right. All right. Well, honey, thank you for going on vacation with me, mm-hmm. and thank you for coming on the show. It was a pleasure. I'm looking forward to my next visit. <laughs> On the Girl Camper Podcast. Yes, okay. Thank you. That's a wrap, everybody. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for uh, listening to the show. I want to thank our sponsors Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia, Bankston Motorhomes with five locations in Alabama and Tennessee, General RV with 13 locations across the country. Campco for always making fun things that make our fun times even more fun. And of course, my dear friends at Liberty Outdoors for making that Max trailer and making it so fun and easy to travel in a lightweight towable trailer. Thanks to everybody. That's a wrap for this week. Have a great week, everyone. See you soon.